What it is, what it do, you tune in to the Jose Morales Podcast. I'm your host, Jose Morales, and we're back in the ring by myself for a solo episode. I hope you guys enjoyed the last episode with Gabe, listening to his story and getting familiar with his business and with his goals in the future. In this episode, I'm going to explain to you guys what I've witnessed firsthand as a coach from the parenting and from the boxers facing losses and wins and who continues to grow from them and who avoids them and what happens when you avoid tough challenges. You're going to gain so much that you can apply in your personal life as a parent or as a, as a person in general. And now with the update, um, this past week and the last couple of weeks, we've been competing. So we had a few, we had three fights here in Sacramento, and then we went to Portland and had six fights for a uh, Rip City tournament, which is a, a, a tournament that's held with a lot of uh, boxing gyms from really the Northwest, but Canada, Hawaii also is a part of it, and California. So... It was a huge turnout, a lot of, a lot of boxers. Uh, we, and, and I wanted to talk about this because it, the very first fights we had, the ones in Sacramento, it was, it was a rough turnout. We had, uh, what I mean by that is we had three boxers and all three of them lost. And if you heard my past episodes when I talk about losing, man, it's just something about losing. I know it's part of it. I know I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to be okay with it. But I get, it gets to me and it bugs me and it's like sits with me. And, and I think that's the, the beauty of it because I, that's what gets me the motivation to want to go harder. It gets me the motivation to come up with different ideas depending on what my boxer did and what, how they performed. So that's why I feel like this is what I want to talk about in this episode is kind of jump into it, it, that a lot more. And what I mean by that is, the first three fights that we had were losses, right? And the very next week we go to Portland, the first day in Portland, we win all four fights. And that's in a week. Within one week, it's just a dramatic change from losing to winning, just like that, in one week. And the reason why I bring this up is you can easily, and I see it happen a lot in boxing, where someone loses a fight or they get robbed. The, the rob one is a common one where people are like, oh, I felt like I won. I won that fight. And you lost. And that happens so much that you get tired of it happening or you're tired of losing that you quit. And if that was the case, and we all quit on Saturday that we lost to Sacramento, the week later, we would have never experienced the beauty of winning. We would have never experienced what it was like to win and how good we felt to win and how good we felt from making the corrections that we missed the week before. In just one week, we made a couple corrections. This is why I encourage everyone to just go out there and face different challenges, do different things, because it's better to do something and lose and suck at it or not be good at it than never even trying it never even knowing what it would be like. And with those losses that we face when I'm at home and I couldn't sleep and I'm thinking about this, these are all the things that happens when you face adversity, like losing your job, losing this or losing whatever it is that you, whatever loss you face, 
that should motivate you to make some changes. And that's usually what happens, right? You face something, you make some sort of change and you, you grow. This is why losing is great because when you lose, you get motivated to make a change or sometimes you get forced to make a change. You have no other option. You, you're forced to do it. And we should put ourselves in situations more often to face tough challenges where we're possible either gonna lose or we're gonna come out victorious in a big way. And this is a common thing I see in boxing happen a lot. Um, I saw it in this past tournament, I saw it in previous, in previous tournaments and, and competitions where a coach or a father or someone protects the boxer from a competitive match. What I mean by that is if you have so-and-so if I have my son and my son has a match with another kid, but the kid looks a little intimidating or the, Tim look, or the kid looks pretty good, sometimes some coaches, some fathers, not everyone, but some, they protect their kid from taking that challenge. So what I mean by that is that they're like, ah, oh, no, I don't want to fight. Oh, no, they cancel the fight. And they pull their kid from doing that. And this is why I believe it's a huge it's huge because this is something we do in life also. We protect our kids from that challenge, from that fall, from that loss. We prevent it. We're like, oh no, that's gonna happen, let's not do it. In boxing, no, nah, no, nah, he's gonna get his ass kicked, let's not do it. Instead, instead of pushing it and encouraging it, let them face that challenge right now and let's see what we gotta do to correct them. If you're familiar with Diego Corrales, one of the boxers here in Sacramento, uh, very Hall of Famer for sure. He, uh, his first amateur fights, he kept losing. He kept losing. And his, and his stepdad, Ray Woods, who was still coach, great coach by the way, he kept putting him in the ring. Regardless of what was going on, regardless of, of him losing, and regardless of his ego, because uh, believe it or not, coaches have an ego during this part because it's hard to accept the loss. Like when someone loses in your gym, it, it re that's a reflection of you. So then some people start judging you as a coach, like, ah, that guy is probably not that good of a coach. Ah, that guy sucks, all his guys lose. So you as a coach and the boxer as a boxer and the father as a father or mother have to be okay with seeing this and being judged or being or seeing your kid lose or whatever it is and and not care. Like like Ray right like Ray did with Diego. Diego kept losing. He kept losing. He kept losing. And he just kept throwing him in there. Kept throwing him in there. He's like, look, you you gotta change it. Unless you change something, the outcome is gonna continue to be a loss. So I don't care how many times you lose, you need to change something. I can't change nothing for you. And suddenly something clicked with, with Diego and he started winning. And then when he started winning, he stopped losing. He just kept winning, 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 and then he moved on to his pro career and, and then the rest is history. But that all started with the adversity he had at the very beginning where he was kept constantly losing and his dad and his coach and everyone there was just too bad. Keep going, keep going and never let him quit never let him, um, and never protected him from that ass whipping. You know, like, he's gonna lose, who cares? 
and see what he can do. And I feel like in amateur boxing, and, and I'm going to keep comparing this to boxing, but, but this is any sport most likely, and this is any any scenario, really. But with boxing, it's, it's so magnified because it's you by yourself and it shows everything about you. And this is these matches and these bouts, local shows that actually don't mean nothing. These are like tests, quizzes that you, as a boxer takes, you take this test and then you see what you need to work on. Regardless of the outcome, win or lose, you see what you need to work on. You know, oh, I noticed that I kept, I was getting tired very fast. I noticed I wasn't defending the jab well. I wasn't doing this. I noticed I don't know how to cut the ring. I noticed I don't know how to counter. I noticed, you notice these things. At the end of the test, guess what? Now you know, this is what I need to work on. You go back to the gym and then you work on whatever the test showed you. And without you taking these tests, without you take facing these challenges, you're, you're, you're cheating yourself from finding out what you need to work on to better yourself and better yourself to grow. Because you do not know if you keep doing the same stuff every single day. This is the plan here with the gym in the, in the Warrior program is, I'm okay with my boxers losing as long as they stay consistent and as long as they work on the, and they work on their mistakes. So whatever mistake they make, we bring it back to the gym and we work on it. What I'm not okay with is when you are in the gym and you're not focusing on growth. And what I mean by that is in the warrior program that I have here in the gym, all the levels are cut out to do certain things. And as you grow and you get higher up in the levels into the impaler and you're competing, I expect you to act like an impaler. An impaler is someone that's competing. You're in the gym, you're fighting all the time. That means you gotta live, think, train, eat, everything like a fighter. Every day, all year long, not just every other week or not, every, not just Monday through Friday, all the time. And this is exactly why the very first level in the warrior program is a camper. It doesn't even sound like a warrior, it's a camper. And what, the reason why I named it a camper is a camper is someone that does something for fun. You know, like when you go camping, you don't go camping forever. You go camping for the weekend, couple days a week. And when you camp, you do it for fun. You know, it's not a permanent thing. You're just doing it for fun. You enjoy it and then you're, out, and you're about your business and you're gone. That's what a camper does. A camper is doing something for fun as a hobby, which is nothing wrong with it. It's wrong if you're saying you want to be a boxer, you want to compete, but you're not acting like it. But you're just doing boxing for fun and you're coming in as a hobby every now and then, doing whatever. There's nothing wrong with that. That's what a camper is. Where it becomes wrong is when you're in a higher ranking, when you're a boxer and you're competing, but you act like a camper. Your actions are not matching. You come to the gym every now and then, you don't watch what you eat when you're not competing. You're not running if you're not competing. You're cheating yourself from all these things that help you grow every day, but you're only doing it occasionally, like a camper. So you're acting like a camper when you're, not, when you're no longer a camper. And I think this is why I have more success. I've, I've noticed I've had more success with females than with males. I've had success with both, 
but I've noticed I've had more success with females because females, this is my philosophy, this is my theory, actually my theory, this is my theory on why I believe I've had more success with females. Because when a female comes to the gym, they do not know, the ones that I've had, had no interest or anything with boxing, so they don't really, they don't really expect anything. Or I also, I've also had a lot of success with people that are not box, into boxing at all. So some of my competitive boxers can't even name five boxers to save their life because they do not like boxing like that. But well, the reason what I mean by that is I've had more success with these people because they come here and they buy into whatever coach is saying. Coach says, I need to do this and then I need to do that, I need to do that. They buy into it and they believe it and they do it because they have nothing on the outside contaminating their mindset. Now, versus when I have a, a male boxer or it could be a female that's into boxing or has friends at Boxing Worlds or they came from another gym or they've been on, on social media and see drills or see things they see other people do. Now they come here and if I'm not doing the same thing or I'm doing something different than, the, than what they seen or heard, now that makes them question or that makes them doubt the process. They're like, wait, I go there, this is how they do it, why am I doing it this way? Or da 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 And when that happens, that doubt, that, that contaminates the way you perform now because now you're not gonna do it the same because you don't believe in it as much. And, and this is a good one for just, again, with life. When you have people around you that are contaminating your mindset, that are contaminating the way you approach your job or your career or your relationship, because they, they tell you, oh yeah, your girl, oh, she's bad for you, da da da. You, you hear that so much, you start believing she's bad for you. And then suddenly you act different towards her because your, your mindset is contaminated. This, I, sometimes, I, it's funny, I, I always say this to like my friends and stuff, is sometimes you gotta watch for the red flags. And the red flags, uh, it's almost like they had a label. You know when you go to certain restaurants and they have like, hey, this restaurant has cancerous materials that you can get cancer? You keep eating it for so long, you, and eventually you could probably, I don't know how long it'll take, you could probably grow that cancer. Same with people. You hang out with these people that have these cancerous uh, tendencies, they'll, they can eventually grow that cancer in you that will grow, grow, grow. And what I mean by cancer is that negative and that negative doubt in your head that will time, that it will become a cancer and it will just grow, grow, grow in your head. That's a, a, a mental cancer. I mean, that's like, that. it's not a cancer real, like you can't get chemo for that, but that's some real stuff in your head that will contaminate you and we gotta watch for. So. These are all things that I'm relating through boxing, but if you pay attention in life, this is all things that can affect you with your friends, it can affect you with, with your career, with your relationships, just be on the lookout for those things. You can have good cancers and bad cancers. A good cancer would be something, being around people that are feeding positive influences in you. And, and if they make you believe in this so much, you have a good cancer that's going in you that's making you believe in yourself, that's making you work harder and is bringing the best out of you. So these can 
fluctuate between good or bad. It's just up to you to watch for them and see what kind of people you want to have in your circle that you want to associate with. This is why I see the boxing gym like a church. You, uh, the head coach of the gym is like a pastor. And in, if you're doing it correctly and you really care for your church and you pay attention to good pastors in church, they talk to and they're involved with everyone in the church. Not just certain people, but everybody. And here, you gotta be the same as a coach. All the coaches listening, reach out and be a coach to everybody. Not just the coaches that you see potential in. I mean, not just the boxers that you see potential in. Like, oh, I see something in this person. That's who I'm gonna spend the most time with. But you may have three, four other people that they're battling other things that may not be in boxing, but still invest in them. Even though they may not have a future in boxing, you may still be able to catch that, hey, this person has bad friends, or they have good friends, but they're not spending time with those good friends. How do you find all these things out? You find these out by talking to them, investing time in, into when they walk through the gym, a simple two, three minute conversation, following them on social media, seeing what they're up to on the outside, following up with them once a month and getting familiar with what they're doing. These are all things that I think as a boxing coach, you should look to do in your gym. And a couple people I wanted to give a shout out to, I've, I've, I've noticed in, in the past, I've had a lot of different great parents, but this past weekend when I was in Oregon, uh, Grizzly's dad and Alex's dad, and, and they've always been at all, her, all their fights if they could, if work didn't get in the way, but they make everything possible, no matter how far it is or where it is, to be there for their kids. And it's just, it's very, it's very important. And I want to really talk about and touch this subject in this episode for a lot of reasons, but I'm going to get into them right now. First one is your, your child, your kid is getting ready to, for a fight, is getting ready for battle. So besides having his team there, their coach there, having a parent there, like your dad, right by your side, it just means the world. It's just so fulfilling. And I want to shout them out for that reason because, for example, Carlos was waking up in the morning at 4 a.m. with Alex and went to weigh-ins with him. And he, if he needed to run extra because he didn't make weight, Alex was right. Uh, Carlos was right next to Alex. When it was time to weigh-ins, Carlos was holding his clothes. When it's time to eat, Carlos was there. When it's time to uh, fight, Carlos was there. After the fight, Carlos was there. The whole time, Carlos was right there with his baby. And that support, that love, that genuine feel is, is huge, huge for the boxer. And the reason why I'm sharing this with you guys, it, because I remember, and I've shared this story before, but I'm gonna share something about the story that I have not shared about it in the past. When you have someone there is very fulfilling for you and it makes you feel more safe. Regardless, they're not fighting for you or nothing, but it makes you feel like you're not alone. It makes you feel like there's, like you have more than just your coach in there. It's just, it's a feeling I can't really describe. And I, I reckon, I, I, re I remember this feeling because the first time I felt it, I was, 
I was, I was a, I think it was a young adult. I think it was probably like 17, 18 or somewhere around that age. And there was a kid at my gym that every time we competed or every time, every time we trained in general, his dad was always there. And I remember this one day, very, very, very clear. We show up, we're gonna, we're gonna start training. We're actually gonna spar that day. His dad gets out the car, grabs his bag as a kid walks in. And this ain't a kid, he was in his early 20s, so it's not like it was a little kid. As he walks in, and when he walks in, while his son is warming up, he's rolling his wraps, and then he wraps his hands, and he puts his headgear on for sparring, puts Vaseline on him. He's not even the coach, he's just doing all this for him. And that day, for some reason, I have never, I had felt lonely before, but something about that day made me feel, made me realize that I had that missing because there was no one there for me and I never had anyone there for me like that. And it just really, really hurt me. I really just felt the pain. I really, really felt alone. I felt empty, like, damn, no one cares for me. And I even remember, I think I probably did hella shitty in that sparring, but what I remember very clear is that that day after training, I remember I drove off and I just parked on the side and I was just crying. And I just, I was crying of hurt, of, I was crying of, of emptiness and just not having someone there and, and knowing, because that was my first time that I actually got to witness what it was like to have a father, something that I did not have. And this is why I give a shout out to Carlos and, and Mr. Days is, man, what you guys do is huge. It says so much, keep doing what you're doing. And I told Alex, you gotta, and I, you have to make sure you thank your dad. He's making everything in the world to make sure he's there for you. You gotta let him know you appreciate him. And then same thing for, for the kids that don't have someone there. There's a fine, there's a big difference between being physically there and then being emotionally there. There's a difference. You can be physically there and not be emotionally there. So what I mean by that is, if I have a dad and my dad's there, but he doesn't emotionally connect with me. When I lose, he's not there to, to comfort me. Um, when, when, when something goes great, he's not there to cheer me on. When I'm having a rough day, he's not there to text me. He's not communicating. He's not having conversations with me. And just nagging at your son or your daughter, just nagging at him, that's not a, that's not a, a emotional connection. You're just nagging. And hearing someone nag all day, at, it gets to a point where you don't even want to do what they tell you or whatever because you're tired of hearing them nagging. You're tired of them. You, you're tired of hearing that. You want to connect with them and really understand where they're coming from. And this is for the parent out there. Get, get familiar with how your son or daughter's feeling with whatever it is that they're doing, school, but how they feel about it, what's on their mind. I'm thankful, I'm really, really thankful that right now at the age that I'm at, I get to experience all these parents because I get the backside of this. And what I mean by that is I talk to Alex and I see how Alex feels about his parents because I know how he feels about them. And then I talk to other kids that don't have that, some, that same support and I can tell how they feel about the parents and how it's affecting them. What I mean by that is some kids that are not getting that emotional 
a connection with their kids are always seeking that approval from their parents. They're always seeking that compliment that's coming from the parents, maybe because their parents don't compliment them enough, or maybe because they don't feel like they are worthy enough because their parents never give them any, any positive feedback. And when I see this stuff, I can tell the performance changes between the person that feels good because the support system at home is different versus the one that doesn't. I can tell in the way they perform. And then I could tell in the way they talk and the way they walk and the way they look and the, the way they look at me when they talk to me, the way they look at me when they talk to me about their family and their parents. They both love their family. They both love mom and dad, but they both feel different about mom and dad. Obviously, I'm not saying you should be doing everything for your kid because I've actually said it in the past that you don't want to spoil them because I'm not saying go there and carry everything and do everything for your kid because no, there's a fine, there's, there's a fine print behind this. You want to make sure you're there for them emotionally, but then you want to also make sure you're not doing everything for them. Like if you're there and you're just doing everything for them, then you're not teaching them the independent side, but then you also got to teach them that they can open up to you. They can talk to you. And the way by doing that is conversating with them and showing up to their events, showing them that you care. The way, the more you, you show you care, the more they're willing to open up. So if you just sit down with them one day and says, hey, how's it going, da, 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 and you never spend time with them, you never once went to their game, you never once went to and, uh, something with them, a date with them or something, spent quality time alone, they're not gonna be willing to open up and express their feelings to you because they are not used to talking to you like that. They see you like a superior. They don't, they're, they feel like they're gonna be judged the whole time. And this is why I feel like this episode is so important is because I wanted to share all these things. These are all things that I see in boxing, at competitions. I see how the kids are affected. I see how boxing is connecting with them and how boxing is gonna change. And this is why boxing is so important to me because I feel like the more we do this, the more we spread this awareness, the better families we're gonna have a home, better gyms, better people, and a better world by doing this. Now for the recap for this episode, don't be afraid to face the toughest challenges or challenges that to you may seem like you cannot do them. Give a shot at them. See what you need to see what you're capable of or what you need to work on to become capable of achieving that. Also, to parents, invest quality emotional time with your kid. Spend time with them emotionally where you guys can emotionally connect and talk to more than just showing up from work. Hi, bye, good night, I love you, and things like that. If you know anyone that can relate to this episode or can gain something from this episode, share this with them. And if you enjoyed this episode, leave a review. Let me know what you think. Also, next week I have a guest from the gym that is gonna is like a live testimony of the past episodes and everything I talked about. He is gonna explain how boxing helped him and helped him in his personal life and his growth. It's a great episode. I'm excited to bring it to you guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll see you guys next week. I'm out.